The following podcast is a Next Level production. everybody ben back here host of the podcast bringing you another edition of the spotlight series here on the wilhelm podcast uh this time around i'm a little bit late i'm gonna freely freely admit that uh these i've got two coming your way we've got this one and then in the next couple days you're going to be hearing another one uh so within a couple days of each other these are going to be being released but uh, I'm a little late. I, I had these conversations about two weeks ago, and I had some things come up where it took me a little bit of time to get them edited and such. So I apologize. You know, I, I did say I had these coming a couple weeks back, and it took me a little bit longer than I expected. And for that, again, I apologize, especially to these two gentlemen. Um, this one in particular, if you're a gamer and you're a fan of the Red Dead Redemption games, uh, you know this guy. You know his voice. He is Rob Weedoff. He is the voice of John Marston from the Red Dead and Red Dead Redemption, uh, Red Dead Redemption and Red Dead Redemption 2, as well as Undead Nightmare, the DLC that came out for the first Red Dead Redemption game. Um, I got the chance to moderate a panel with Rob Weedoff and Roger Clark, who is the next conversation coming uh, within a couple days. And um, it was an amazing panel. It was one of my favorites from the weekend at Fan Expo Philadelphia. I connected with these two guys. We exchanged information. I reached out. They were both more than willing to come on the podcast, and they were both incredibly generous with their time. Uh, and very open, as a matter of fact. I mean, incredibly open in the things that we talked about, from career and family to aspirations and things like that. And I, I can't thank them enough for coming on. So uh, these are follow-ups from my panel with them at Fan Expo Philadelphia. I hope to moderate another panel with them again later on down the road. Uh, but this time around, again, Rob Weedoff, the voice of John Marston, uh, voice actor, motion capture artist uh, from the Red Dead Redemption games, uh, the whole, the entire series, all, all three of the, the two main games and the DLC incredibly great conversation uh i encourage you to follow rob on instagram uh rob underscore weed off that's w-i-e-t-h-o-f-f uh you'll see the blue check mark because he is certified uh so i encourage you to follow him because he shares fan artwork and fan cosplays he's incredibly humble and incredibly um showing of his of his of the love that he receives from the fans so if for nothing else follow him for that but he does throw out some really funny things every once in a while that are just it's great to follow so i encourage you to follow him on instagram uh enjoy the games enjoy the conversation here it is my wilhelm spotlight series with rob weedoff gamers Unless you've been living under a rock, you have you you know of and most likely have played the Red Dead Redemption games, Red Dead Redemption, Red Dead Redemption 2, Undead Nightmare, which is why the moment you hear him speak, you will recognize my guest 
just from his voice alone, uh, he's a voice and caption performance actor who portrayed the main character of John Marston in Red Dead Redemption and returned to reprise the role in Red Dead Redemption 2. Please welcome Rob Weedoff to the podcast. Rob, I'm so excited you're here. Uh, well, ben, thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on. And I was going to... <laughs> <laughs> Gonna throw my voice, so I sounded like someone different. But then, oh damn it! (laughs) That's all right. No, thank you so much for having me. This is great, man. It's good to see you again. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, you you mentioned seeing each other again. I mean, we're doing this over Zoom, but you know, for any of my listeners who I've mentioned it in the past couple episodes, but for any that might not know, we met probably about a, I think about a month at this point. I know it's been a number of weeks uh, at Fan Expo Philadelphia. I, I had the opportunity to moderate the Red Dead Redemption 2 panel with you and Roger Clark. And I, I want to say too, and um, just to kind of kick things off, I, I moderated a number of panels that weekend. And, you know, as a panel moderator, you get excited for panels that you get the opportunity, guests that you get the opportunity to be on stage with. And I, I very rarely turn down panels, but if I don't know anything about it, I'll I'll turn it down because I don't want to do a disjustice to the person that's on stage promoting their product or promoting themselves. So I didn't know a lot about you and Roger, but I'm a huge fan of the games. So when I got the opportunity, I was like, well, this will be a learning experience for me. I get to talk about the games that I love and I get to learn about these two, these two gentlemen. So in my research leading up to the show, I watched, I found a short film on YouTube called Finding John Marston. And let me tell you, that short film alone, just from learning what I knew about you in the nine minutes that I watched, I could not wait to meet you. Oh, man. Well, that's that's really very kind of you. Thank you so much, man. I. Oh, well, first of all, I, I want to tell you, uh, because... This is the truth. That panel was one of the most enjoyable panels. You were very, you seemed very well prepared. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. You, you did a really great job. And I, I, who am I to say that? But I, I've done a number of panels. Mm-hmm. And for you to be able to, um, you, you threw out statistics. You talked about <laughs> things that I thought, wow, that's, that's interesting. If, things that I thought I should know that, but I don't know. <laughs> and and i really enjoyed it and you kept it moving and kept it interesting and that was really cool so thank you for that experience and so uh as far as as far as finding john marston goes i that was that was an interesting experience because there were two guys that came really cool guys that came for a weekend to our house and uh just kind of followed us around with a camera and th- there was no real, there was no script, you know, we just were going to see what, what happened and mm-hmm. talk about whatever came up. And what's crazy about that is when you have cameras on you all the time, you kind of, you're not, your, you're just not yourself. Yeah. Cause you think, I want to be, uh, I want to portray myself as this respectable person and I don't want to look like an idiot or say something, whatever. Um, but after a while, you get used to the cameras and then you actually do become yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and, and the thing about that is, too, you're right. Like when you have those cameras pointed on you, you're never exactly yourself. But 
you know, I had the when the when the event came up, it's it's one of the things that I do as a panel moderator. Our panel was on Saturday. So on Friday, I came to your table and I introduced myself to you and I introduced myself to Roger so that we're familiar with each other and we're not total strangers when we're on stage. And one of the things that I do as a people watcher as well is I like to gauge how the person is interacting with their fans. And you are incredibly nice to your fans. And then I met you. You were incredibly nice to me. And at that moment, I was like, yeah, this guy is definitely who he seems to be on that video. So you don't come across in person as somebody pretending to be somebody else. Like anybody who watches that short, which I encourage people to do, and I'm actually going to link it in the show notes so people can check it out. You are exactly who you seem to be in that in that video. Well, thank you, man. Thank you. And I want to tell you, I, you know, to be a guest at a convention, wherever it is, it's such a cool experience. And I am, um, you know, I, I'm standing at a table and I'm meeting one after another people with smiling faces and funny or cool or whatever interesting things they want to share with me. It's a really cool experience, and I really appreciate it. I mean, mm. I genuinely appreciate it. I, I guess maybe it's, I'm in a unique situation because I live in Indiana, and uh, you know most actors live in L.A. or New York or, or Chicago or wherever they live. Mm. Uh, Atlanta now, a lot of them. But when I'm not at conventions or when I'm not working on, I guess it, it's been years now. I think it's almost four years out, but. Um, working on Red Dead Redemption, I do construction work. I, yeah. I do concrete work. And uh, the guys that I work with don't care at all that I work <laughs> in a video game. And it's really, uh, you know, it's something where it's, it's, I recognize that people took the time. They spent the money to get in the door and they took the time to stand in line and come say hello. And that means a lot. And I appreciate it. So it's very easy for me to be genuinely happy about it. So thank you for saying that. Yeah. I mean, and does it still surprise you that people are like excited to get in your line and to meet you and to get those autographs and, and things like that? Does it still, does it still surprise you? It's uh, I mean, I guess because I know what I was fortunate enough to be part of, mm -hmm. I know the game, I know the game is all, over the world in the series you know i i guess probably more people have played red dead redemption 2 than have played red dead redemption or undead nightmare obviously but i know how big rockstar games is and i know how big red dead redemption is and so as far as you know people being interested in meeting someone from that game um I, that doesn't surprise me but yeah it is it is kind of just kind of unreal when people will stand there and and take the time to introduce themselves and want a picture and stuff like that it's really cool and um it's never going to get old i hope it never ends i know it will at some point but it's uh yeah it's just it's wild it's i've i've got this great balance between concrete work where i crawl around on the ground and <laughs> sweating and you know i'm too old for that i'm sore all the time I'm, my body hurts and then i go and, and have this whole different other end of the spectrum experience and uh so it's 
I really appreciate it. Well, and one of the things I loved about setting this whole thing up with you two was our inner was our email interactions back and forth with each other was because, you know, like I, when I reached out to Roger, Roger's all for it. He's going to be coming on later. And he's a man of few words in his emails. I, I, you know, I wrote out this whole thing about meeting him and wanting to do the podcast. And he was like his his first response was, sure, I'll do it. And 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 that was it, which. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, in in that world, like with a number of my other guests that I've had on, it's going through publicists and going through everybody else to schedule. And then, you know, you were generous enough to give me your email after the panel or, you know, at, at the end of the show. And we started coordinating. And your first email back was you were very generous and very excited to do it. But in your email, you're like, but I, I work construction and, and, you know, so I'm mixing things and I have to juggle between cutting the grass and taking care of the family. And I'm like, I've never gotten an email back like this before, but I absolutely loved it. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, thank you. I just, I guess for me, I know it, this is, uh, so this, I appreciate you having me on here. This is a uh, time commitment for you. This is a thing that you need to know if I'm going to be there for you, are you going to be available? And I, I, I need you to know, I don't have a lot of free time. I'm not doing something real interesting all the time, but mm-hmm. I, I'm busy. You know, like we all are. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you're a family man. So you've got two boys at home. You've got your wife. I mean, you've got a lot of things going on. I know you you mentioned it during the panel that you used to do a radio show and you're kind of stopping that for a little while because of work picking up and things like that. So, I mean, yeah, we all have busy schedules. It's just a matter of what it is that's filling that time. Yeah. Yours is just a bit different than you know, many other people in the industry. But that's one of the things that I really find endearing about you is you really are. And I don't mean this in a detrimental way at all. You really are an everyman. Like, you know, you're you're putting in the, like you said, the elbow grease, you're down on your knees, you're getting the work done. And I, I that's incredibly endearing to me because, you know, people who find success in an industry, they kind of forget about that kind of stuff in time because they can get people to do it for them or they live in a place where it doesn't have to be done. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I've seen that. And, uh, you know, I guess the other thing too, is if you didn't kind of grow up, um, doing some of this stuff, then you, you may just not, you may not know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And, And that's not saying that that's wrong, but I just always was interested in, uh, construction. I did my first job when I was in high school as I, I was a framer. I worked for this framer. So we built a house and I really fell in love with the process. And um, I've always kind of had, except for when I lived in LA and I was a bartender for the majority of the time, which was awesome too. But I've always kind of had a job in construction. I just, I've just always really enjoyed it. And um, it's instant gratification. I mean, you don't build a house in a day, Mm -hmm. but you work hard all day long and you can, as you're walking away from it, turn around and look and say, yeah, we got that done today. And so hopefully in most cases you feel pretty good about it, you know, but um, I, I just like that about it. And it's easy to sleep at night. You know, I, I don't feel like I'm doing anything. Uh, I guess immoral to make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, I get it. It's, it's just, <laughs> whatever just get to work get it done and uh get to bed and get up and do it again yeah not real exciting but it's consistent so and it's gratifying as you mentioned yeah, yeah. it is 
Um, you, before we started recording, you mentioned that you and Roger headed to uh, to Lithuania for a show and you kind of wanted to do a promo for it. Um, I didn't find it until after we had done the panel, but you and Roger did a promo for Philly as well. And I need to know whose idea was that? Because I... I didn't find it until last week. Like I was going through Roger's Instagram and I was going through your Instagram and I, I came across it on Roger's and I'm watching it and I'm like, where are they going with this? And then at the very end, when you two come out with what is supposed to be cream cheese, but I'm imagining was maybe like shaving cream or something. I could not stop laughing <laughs> at that promo. Whose idea was that? Oh my goodness! It was ridiculous. It was a, <laughs> it was a combo. I think I I think I had come up with something about uh, saying you know in a in a Zoom type setting saying like so you're excited to go to Philadelphia cream cheese and he's like what do you mean Philadelphia cream cheese Philadelphia cream cheese we're going to the convention and he's oh, it's not it's just Philadelphia the city's called Phil and so we were going to do something stupid like that you know and then and then I don't know where he. There was something about uh, Vegemite and mm -hmm. sea turtles that he said in the thing, but I don't know where he heard that ever before he heard it somewhere. If it was a skit on SNL or what, I don't know. But um, yeah, he he actually used shaving cream on his face, and I had Betty Crocker white icing, <laughs> <laughs> which was uh, you know by the end of it, we were still you know talking afterwards and he had wiped his off he looked like he didn't even do it i'm sitting there with my whole face you you committed to the bit so hard because even when roger came out it was literally just on his face and when you sat down it was slicked back in your hair but <laughs> you committed so hard to that that i think and i think that's actually what made me laugh more than anything else because then there was the the follow up with well maybe we should have waited till philly to do this and there's that awkward pause between the two of you and you just son of a bitch like it's just i i was laughing so hard that i wish i had seen it before the show oh my goodness man well i'm glad you enjoyed it and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that uh, Roger and I are two people that we understand that that and maybe maybe I take this to heart too much sometimes. But that whole wh however the phrase goes, where uh, don't take yourself too seriously because no one else does. Mm -hmm. I think we both kind of enjoy that and, and uh, kind of lean on that when we can, because what's the point? You know, I mean, if you're trying to go and make people excited about going to this thing that you're involved with and you, you know, you have some kind of attitude about yourself because you're so proud of yourself, whatever, who wants to go meet you? You yeah. know what I mean? Who do you think you are? So, uh, you know, I think that we're both just kind of silly kind of dipshit type people anyway. <laughs> And, and you know what? And that video alone, like had I not already known I was going to meet you guys and do the panel and everything with you, I, I think had I seen that, like even just as a as a con attendee, like not moderating, just going, had I seen that, that video alone would have made me want to get in line and meet you. Oh, man. Well, thank you. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll come up some 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 good ones here in the future, too. I, <laughs> I hope so, because I'll I'll watch and, you know, I'll keep it going. Um, 
I want to dive into Red Dead a little bit. Um, how did how did Red Dead come about? Because like I mentioned, I watched Finding John Marston, so I got a little bit of the backstory. But for some of my listeners who may not know anything about how it came about, how did the getting the job of John Marston or getting the role of John Marston for Red Dead come about? Oh, my goodness. So this it's it's really wild. You know, Rockstar is very, very secretive. Obviously, they um, and and for good reason, I think, you know, they don't want anybody to spoil anything i mean they they spend a whole whole lot of money to do a whole lot of work before they ever even cast anyone mm -hmm. to play any of the roles to build the whole world and i mean that takes years and a lot of work and a lot of effort so i i i got a call from my agent i was on my way home from i think i was at work for like a, a daytime bartending shift that i had i was driving back to my house in la and it was raining and it was it was like November or December, I think, kind of cold, dark outside, and I needed to walk my dogs. And uh, the, the agent said, you have a last minute audition in Santa Monica, which for, for me is like a half an hour drive with no traffic. But it's also kind of rush hour time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh, and, I, and I really honestly, if I was quick enough, I probably would have tried to come up with an excuse to not go, but I was like, yeah, yeah, I gotta, yeah, I gotta walk my dogs and then I gotta go. How long are they going to be there? Cause it's going to take me an hour to get there from right now. And she said, yeah, just get there as soon as you can. Anyway, I go and I, I walk into this casting office, which is first of all, full of all these guys dressed up in army, like camo stuff. And I thought, nobody told me. And not that I, I didn't even have that stuff anyway, but I thought you said something about cowboy. I don't understand. Whatever. So then I talked to the casting, uh, the camera operator who gives me this sheet of paper that's got, I don't, I don't, a full page of dialogue. I mean, he says, memorize that the best you can. We'll get you in as soon as we can. It's crazy around here. Just memorize that. And so I'm looking at it thinking, oh my goodness. And it's this, this guy who's, telling uh whatever the lady's name was it's always good to see you you know i love your apple pie and uh something about yeah i'll, I'll be back as soon as i can but the law is after me and i gotta get out of town and the whole time so i finally get in there i finally get in the room i think i pretty well had it memorized but they had a table with a bunch of clothes on it and he said i want you to fold these clothes as you're delivering the lines deliver them direct to camera and uh, just pretend that you're having a conversation with this lady, whatever. So I'm doing it. And uh, I don't know however long it took me to get through it. The camera operator, as soon as I got done, said, all right, that was great. That was really great. Uh, but it's not what they want. So here's what they want. Gave me some changes, whatever. And uh, said, just mess up those clothes. And when I, I got to run out of the room real quick, when I come back, we'll do it again. I said, all right. So. I got the clothes messed up. I'm, I'm looking at that sheet of paper again, trying to make sure I got my lines right. And he's gone for like five minutes. So at this point now, when he, when he finally comes back in, I thought, I'm so ready for this now. I've got it memorized. I've folded these clothes five times waiting for you. I'm ready, you know. Well, so when he comes in, he's got another actor with him. And he looks at me like, oh, like, oh, my God, I forgot you were even in here. I mean, he clearly forgot that I was in there. I don't know why he left, 
But when he came back in, he brought another actor with him. And he said, hey, I'm sorry to keep you waiting. We got to keep people going. What you did was perfect. It'll be fine. Thank you for coming. And I thought, no, man. I, I, I thought to myself, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what I did to get here. And then I, and so whatever. So I left and I was polite, whatever. But I thought that was the biggest waste of my time. Well, so, all right. So thank God I didn't, I didn't come up with an excuse to not go. And uh, thank God that guy was wrong. He was yeah. wrong. He told me that I did it wrong. And uh, I got a call from uh, my agent. I don't know if it was weeks later or a month or whatever later and said, remember that untitled video game project you went for? And yeah, oh, yeah. What is that? We still don't know what it is, but you booked it. So, so they had me show up at the uh, studio, which was in Santa Monica. And uh, when I got there, I met some of the producers from Rockstar and met Rod Edge, who's our director. And uh, they sent, they, they handed me this non-disclosure agreement, which was however many pages, mm -hmm. <laughs> really thick. And then I signed it and I said, okay. And so they said, okay, so now that you've signed that, here's what it is. And this is what you're going to be working on. And, and so from, from that point on, it was a whole different world opened up to me. And I've, I've honestly enjoyed every second of it, even until this very moment. It's, it's been so overwhelming. Yeah, because I know I think you had before that you had done a couple of minor things, including commercials and things like that. So how was it, that, you know, when you got the part and realized that, you know, like when, when some actors go for the audition and they finally get that big break, it's a movie role or it's a television role. You know, that break for you was motion capture, in essence, which is a completely different world from what a lot of other actors experience for their big, you know, their big break. So you kind of got thrown into a completely different ocean for, for that first time for you. Was it, was it overwhelming? Not only, you know, the amount of lines and dialogue and acting, but, you know, having to wear the motion capture suit and everything. Was it, was it a little overwhelming for you to dive into that at first? It, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, and it also wasn't, it was, um, it was kind of one of those things where I, I was very honest with them. And I said, I have no idea what I'm doing. I've never done this before. And they were, they were very cool about it. Made me feel very comfortable about it. Said most people have it. So uh, you're going to be fine. We'll get through it. Don't worry about that part of it. Wearing that suit. And there was a crazy helmet that you wear that held a camera out in front of your face with a light on it. So when everything was turned on and when you were actually doing the scene, at first you were kind of like, you want me to just act natural. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about this is natural. <laughs> right. But, but I mean, you do it for however long and you honestly forget that you're in a motion capture suit. You forget, you forget that there's a light pointing in your face with a camera. It, it goes, it all disappears because you're, you're focused on what you're actually there to do, which mm -hmm. is to perform the scene. And, um, but again, the, the understanding and the support from Rockstar, they, they are so good at what they do. And it's, a, it's like they, they know all of the psychology. They know how to make everybody feel comfortable and, and to really just find a way to do what it is that they were cast to do. And mm -hmm. it's, it's such a cool experience. When you, but, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. 
Well, no, I was just going to say that the thing that you talked to about how I fell into it. Yeah, I never, I never wanted to be in a video game. That was not my goal. And the only reason I say this, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that that happened. But so many people will ask, how do you get involved in this? How does, how does this work? How can I become a voice actor or a video game actor? And the truth is, I, I have no idea. But I would say that if you want to be an actor, be an actor. And then you can cover the voice acting work. You can cover the mm-hmm. performance capture work. You can cover the on-screen, the theater, all that. Just be an actor. So hopefully if anybody has that question, that just answered it for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I've, I've always been somebody like, uh, cause I started out, you know, one of the similarities that you and I have is you, you know, you do that bit on in radio for a while that, you know, hopefully I hope you go back to, cause I didn't get the chance to catch it this time and I didn't know about it. So hopefully if you go back to it, I'll, I'll get the chance to listen, but that's how I got my start as well. I started as a weekend warrior in at a radio station here in Philadelphia and then which eventually led to podcasting and then moderating and such. So I've I've always wanted to dive into the idea of of doing voice acting because I've always said if I ever became an I've worked on movies in the past, I've done background work and things like that. But I always said if I ever became successful in movies, I would not consider my career over until I did the voice of an animated character. Yeah. And like now I've gotten to the point where I kind of like I signed up for I don't know if you're familiar with backstage at all, which has a lot of different gigs that are posted constantly. So I figured I was like, it doesn't hurt if I submit some kind of audition for something. If I don't get it, at least I tried. Yeah. And, you know, I, I took the opportunity. I took the chance to do it. Yes, that see that that is the thing that so many people aren't willing to to do and i love it that you're doing it and mm-hmm. and you have the right attitude about it too absolutely doesn't hurt doesn't hurt at all if nothing else it's more practice for exactly what down the road um it makes you better hard. the more you do it yeah you become more comfortable you come more familiar with taking notes and changing things and whatever whatever the case may be but there there's a very big difference between people who anybody can say that they want to be an actor Are you willing to try? Mm -hmm. Are you going to try? Because you have all the opportunities as everybody else. Are you going to try? Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's what, it's one thing to have the want to do it. It's another to have the drive. Yeah. And you, you've got to push forth. It's not just going to happen to you. I mean, the, the occasions where someone just randomly discovers you and makes you a star are slim to none. You've got to put in the effort to make it happen. Yeah. So not, I'm not trying to intimidate anyone in any way. I'm not. I'm just not. But I'm, I, I think that it's important to know, yeah, what you just said, the, the chances of somebody who's in a position to make you a movie star just finding you at a restaurant or something and, and saying, hey, would you, would you be interested in being a movie star? <laughs> the way you just served me that plate, it just <laughs> it screams at me. I'm going to make you a star. You're going to be my next star. Yeah, that just things like that don't happen as often as people think they do. No, no. So you've got to put in the effort. Yeah. Um, you, when you found out it was a video game and, and moreover a, a Western video game, did you do anything to prepare for it? Like, did you go out and set and make sure that there were particular Westerns that you watched or any kind of series that are set in that time? Like, what, what was your preparation for the role? I didn't. I honestly, no. I, I didn't. I, I was in love with the movie Tombstone. 
I am too. <laughs> I love that. And I, and I did get into like, all right, now I want to watch all of them. And I, I did kind of go down that path well before I ever had any idea I was ever going to be part of some kind of a production that has anything to do with a Western. But, you know, I guess um, they're, they're really the thing about this is the craziest thing about the role of John Marston in Red Dead Redemption. Actually, in Red Dead Redemption 2, for, for me, it was this way through the whole entire process. For other people, it may have been different. But I was given the script only in, in small sections. And the sections that were given to me were not in order. So I, I really didn't know who John who John Marston was. Yeah. But, you know, we got so far into it and I thought, okay, he's still, he's still grumpy. He's still, <laughs> yep. You know, um, but they, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if they were, who, who knows why the script was presented to me throughout all of the production I ever did in sections um, as opposed to just getting, all of it at once where I could read through and be like, I know who this guy is. You know, that wasn't the case. I would, I would be given direction by the director and I would do the best that I could to say the lines the way he just told me to say them. And we'd do it until I got it right. And then, like I said, over time, I'd started to realize who this guy was, but um, it wasn't like, it really wasn't, here, I want to add this too. I, I wasn't a gamer. I'm still really not much of a gamer. So when he would tell me the director would reference GTA because he was the director of that as well. And that's obviously Rockstar Games. He would say, yeah. you know, in GTA when they would do this and this and whatever. And I would I would pretend that I knew. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. I, this is in Finding John Marston too. And I love this story. Yes, I thought if I don't, if I act like I don't know, then they might get upset with me and think who this is. We hired the wrong guy or whatever. So at a certain point, I finally said, I have, I haven't played it. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but eventually, you know, they were like, yeah, we knew, we knew. all." <laughs> but it was, um, I didn't, I just, I just really, and thank God Rod Edge, the director who's been the director of everything since who knows when for Rockstar, but a genius, um, obviously, just just walked me through every step of the way, and he didn't ever act like he was upset about it in any way, and it, it, it made it easy. And um, but I, I, you know, people say you you perform that role so well, and I say thank you because that's a really nice compliment. But I can't really take credit for it. Mm -hmm. I didn't prepare for it. I was told what to do, and I did it right away. And if if I did it wrong, we did it till I did it right. So uh, that's kind of how it went, honestly. And that's really interesting, too, that a character like John Marsters, as you're playing him, you know, uh, John Marston, um, you know, you're, you're playing him and he kind of, it's really interesting to hear that the character was constantly adapting, not only to Rockstar, most likely, but to you as well. And because as an actor, you have to adapt to that too, especially with everything being out of order the way it was, the way you mentioned that it was. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was, um, but I want to say this too. So this was something that I really noticed probably more so in Red Dead Redemption 2 than I did in Red Dead Redemption, but definitely true. So when you're the playable character, the person who's playing the game is with you all the time. They're walking you around. They're in every conversation that you're in. 
when you meet another character in the game, you want to know about that character. You don't want to know more about John Marston. You you already know him. So in a lot of these conversations, whether it be with Landon Ricketts or uh, any of the, any of these characters that were in Red Dead Redemption, you if you go back and watch some of these scenes, you'll see that John will say, sure. You know, and then then that character will go on for another 30 seconds of dialogue. And, and John will say, well, what do you mean by that? And then another 45 seconds of dialogue from the other character. So uh, it was a lot of just listening and reacting, however they told me to do for these other characters. Truthfully, I didn't have that much. You know, I was developed through the interactions that these other people put these performances on for. Yeah. And that's an interesting take, too. I never even really thought of it that way. I mean, and in that sense, when you look at it that way, you actually learn more about John in Red Dead Redemption 2 rather than Red Dead. Because one, it's before it takes place before Red Dead. But two, you're right. He is not the playable character. So you are actually hearing more of his dialogue and you are learning more about John in Red Dead 2 than you are in Red Dead 1. Yeah. Yeah. And I learned. I learned more about John. I mean, I, I had <laughs> yeah. an idea, right? Like, I knew he had he had uh, parents that died, and he was in an orphanage. He ran away, fell in with the gang, and I knew what I knew, but I didn't. You know, there was more, way more to it, and uh, it was interesting to learn about, and it explained a lot, and it was fun. What a cool experience! Yeah, I know you mentioned earlier you're not much of a gamer, but I'm I'm confident you had to have played Red Dead at least once it came out. What what was it like? What was your first experience like playing that and like hearing your voice coming out and seeing? I mean, they the characters don't look exactly like each other, but you know, right. it's your voice. You're, there's no mistaking your voice coming out of there. Right. Well, so I guess it's um, it, it was it was really weird to see to to kind of see it all and hear it and and you know, John the way he moves and that's. I, I made him move that way. Like I hate the way that he runs, which means I hate the way that I run, but I've never seen much <laughs> run really. So I didn't know until then. <laughs> um, but, but you know, like when you listen to your, your outgoing voicemail recording and you think, no, I got to do that again. That sounds terrible. That's not what I sound yeah. like. Is it? Every, it? I think everybody experiences that when you hear your own voice, it's just, you're like, Oh no, I don't sound like that all the time. Well, so, it's that one of the part. reasons why I don't listen to my own podcast. <laughs> it's, well, it's that exact reason. I listen to it when I edit, but I don't go back and re-listen to it later unless I have to. Right. Yeah. I, I get it, man. Well, yeah. so I, I w- one of these days I do want to start, and I guess I would start at Red Dead Redemption 2 from the very beginning with my kids. And I've got twin boys and they're busy, you know, doing their thing. So we have, we just haven't had time to just sit down. And I guess you don't do this overnight. It would take a lot, a lot of time to get through the whole series, mm-hmm. but I would enjoy doing that at some point. And um, I guess the time just didn't, hasn't been right yet for any of us. But um, the, the other thing that's really fascinating about the game is that I would see a scene in the game and I knew what it looked like in production, which is obviously very, very different than what it looks like in the game. I remember what the characters actually looked like. And 
them in their performance capture suits and us trying to walk around like cowboys and yeah <laughs> be real tough and whatever and then the what the world looks like you know what that house actually looks like inside and all the crazy stuff like that 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 was really cool to see how it actually looked you know and how they how they created the world around everything that you did yeah because yeah. when you when you're doing it there's nothing none of that stuff is there yeah none of so I'm I'm really curious because one of my one of the things about Red Dead before Red Dead 2 even came out, one of the things I got excited about, I'm I'm a huge zombie nut. So yeah. the idea of Red of Undead Nightmare coming about, like they're they're releasing downloadable content and it's Red Dead, but it's during the zombies there. Like obviously you had to come back to do more work for that. What Re, how were you getting that call? Like, wait, you're doing what to the old West? Like how, how was that? <laughs> well, they, uh, so it wasn't, honestly, it wasn't that long after red dead redemption wrapped that they called me and said, Hey, we've got more work for you. Um, for undead nightmare. It, they, they explained it to me a little bit and said, also they said, uh, this time we're not going to shoot it in LA. We're going to shoot it in New York. So, a little closer to home. I, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, when, when, when we shot in LA, I actually lived in LA at that time, but as soon as Red Dead Redemption was over, I thought, okay, I'm, I think I'm done. I, I just had the experience of being an actual working actor, not just doing a commercial and then, then being unemployed again for whoever mm -hmm. how long, but to have that experience to, and I enjoyed it. I loved it so much, but I also knew there was no guarantee I was going to ever get it again. And my wife and I were talking about getting married and having kids. And I thought, I don't want to do this and be a bartender or whatever. So we moved back to Indiana and uh, got real busy getting married and having kids. <laughs> and then they called and said, uh, let's do this undead nightmare thing. And it was, it was completely unexpected, but I loved it so much because I got to go back and hang out and work with these awesome fun cool people um and so it was funny it was funny in red dead redemption too i mean the game can be pretty rough obviously right yeah. but on set it's just people laughing and having fun and making fun of each other and, and it would get intense but never like between each other it would just be intense for the action whatever for undead nightmare it was insane because we had all these people being zombies yeah. <laughs> Some days they would have scenes where they didn't have enough people to be zombies. And, and if I would be there, but not be in the scene, they would make me be a zombie because they can make the avatar look like however they want. Right. They would say, just don't say anything. Don't make a sound <laughs> because it'll sound like John and don't walk like John, walk like a zombie or whatever. And I would say, all right, whatever. So I would do it. And I would, <laughs> I'd feel so ridiculous doing this and then as soon as they would say cut they would say you're so terrible you're the worst zombie in the world you're ridiculous. <laughs> I, thought, I knew it <laughs> it was awesome it was so much fun that sounds like a blast i wonder if rockstar would ever i don't know if they've ever done this but i would love to see rockstar release like almost like a documentary or a making of those games. So we get to see a lot of that behind the scenes stuff that, you know, you guys talk about, you know, whether it's on a podcast or on panels, I would love to see some of that stuff. Oh man. I, it would be 
fascinating for people to see, I think. I I would love it to. I don't want to see any of me. I would love to see <laughs> because again, then I'm like, oh no, that really is that looks exactly like me because it is whatever. It, but oh I think it would be fascinating. And I think it would um truly, truly, I think that people don't really care to know whether we did performance capture or we just voice acted over animation or whatever. I don't think people care. Maybe they are more interested now because the industry has gotten so much bigger and uh, it's, it's just become it's like so many different, like they're doing performance capture in movies for a lot of things. Yeah. Because they can, you know, and um, maybe now it would be more interesting uh, for, for people who do care. What does that actually look like? I think a lot of people are just satisfied with, hey, your voice is cool and and you really matched it up well with that animation. And they, and they think that that's what you did. And I think, you know what, you're giving me a compliment. So thank you. And if you don't care, I don't know that I need to explain it to you. If you're happy, then I'm happy. Like, it's, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, so like you, you mentioned, you know, right after Red Dead, you moved back to Indiana, you know, with your wife, you know, and the kids. And you kind of stepped away from everything until you got the call for Undead Nightmare. The telephone call for Red Dead 2 comes about. Easy decision to jump back into it, or did you have to take some time to think about it? Uh, well, so, okay. At first, at first, I thought it was going to be like two or three days. Because on Undead Nightmare, they had someone, and I don't remember what the guy's name was, but a previous gta playable character i think he was uh came and worked on undead nightmare not as the character that he played in gta but just as some random real charactery type person in the game and it was kind of like a they even said to him like this is fun and i'm glad that we did this and uh hopefully we'll get to work with you again at some point but this was great. Hopefully you enjoyed it, whatever. And it was just a way for them to work with this guy that they really liked mm -hmm. again for three or four days. And um, it was a cool experience, you know, and the guy did, he really loved it and it was fun. So when they called me, I thought, because I know the story of Red Dead Redemption, I thought, Oh, well, yeah, this, this is some game that has nothing to do with Red Dead Redemption. You just want me to come and play some role. It has nothing to do with John Marston. And we're going to hang out for a few days. And yes, I can't wait. Let's do it. When are we doing it? Well, so then as time went on and I got more information about it, then I I knew, yeah, I'm ready. I'm, I will go. I will, I will do whatever you want me to do. I know that I love doing all the work. I love all you people. Um, but it was different then because I had a wife. And at that time, uh, like, I think they were probably two years old, twin boys. <laughs> and my wife, uh, you know, being relocated from Los Angeles, where she grew up to a small town in Indiana. And now I'm the one who knows everyone. But I'm going to say, okay, I'm, yeah, we've got these two kids now. And I'm actually going to, I'm going to leave. I'm going to be leaving a lot to go to New York for weeks at a time. To go work on a video. <laughs> um, it wasn't, it wasn't ultimately, it was not an easy decision. Yeah. Uh, because of all that. And that wasn't just because of her. That was because of me too, thinking like, I don't, 
I don't know how this is going to go. This is not fair. And it's, you know, a lot of things. But um, as time went on, we got used to it and it became normal. And uh, it, of course, you know, now I think now if they asked me to be part of something else and it was going to take as long as Red Dead Redemption 2, we would just move to wherever it is that they're shooting so mm-hmm. that you wouldn't have to be a part because yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. If they ask me, I'm not going to say no. That's good to know. Cause that's actually one of the things I was curious about is, you know, because of the process of red dead two and red dead one. And like you said, you, you are the family man now working at home. I was going to say like, it, do you have any of that inclination to kind of return to it? If the opportunity ever arrives and not just a video game, but even just acting in general, like something in front of a camera, like maybe, I, I mean, I don't know about anybody else out there, but I would love the idea of oh, like, there's all these different resurrections of animated series. And I know they just recently announced that married with children is getting an animated series with like the cast coming back and doing the voices. It maybe if Netflix ever decided to do a run of like an animated series set in the world of red dead redemption, like if something like that ever arose and they asked said, Hey, Rob, do you want to come portray John for this animated series? Would you do it? Well, I mean, I guess there's a lot to that, obviously, with Rockstar. Rockstar owns John Marston. I don't own the rights mm-hmm. to John Marston. So, that, of course, if they were cool with everything and, and they were part of it and supported it, yeah, I would love to. I would. I would love to. I think, um, so, like, right now, I'm not, I'm not submitting myself for work, like you said that you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not actively doing that because our, so my kids are, they're 10 now, but from, from two, when I started traveling to New York and when I say traveling to New York, I would be there. I would be there for three weeks at a time usually. And at first when I started going, it might be a couple months in between those three weeks that I would shoot, then I would be back home hanging out and uh, you know, being a, a husband and a father to my kids and and being part of it being, you know, here present. Um, But it got to a point where I was in New York for three weeks and I was home for two, then back there for three. And it went on like that for two solid years. And uh, then it kind of spaced out again towards the end where I wasn't there as often, but um, it just, now that now that I'm home and I'm not traveling, it means a lot to me. And I know that it means a lot to my wife and it means a lot to my kids to have me be home mm-hmm. because for five years or four years or whatever it was, it wasn't, I wasn't here. So uh, when I started, they were two, when I, when I finished, they were seven. Now they're 10, but still, I mean, I missed five years of being around all the time and uh i'm not i'm not in a big big hurry to, to do it again to do that again yeah like i said if if, if it were something that i knew was going to be consistent and guaranteed we'd just go to where that is and uh then we don't have to be a part you know yeah so, um but you know i i love the work i love it and i'm so fortunate to have been exposed to it and to work with the people that I have. And it's really, um, it's really inspiring to be around a group of people who are so motivated 
and at Rockstar too, they they they're cool with each other. They're cool with all the actors, kind of because they have to be in a lot of ways. But they're cool with each other too, which makes you think, yeah, you're just genuinely cool people. And so to be around that atmosphere and uh, you learn a lot. You know, you learn how to do that, how to do that when you're not there, how to be a cool person in your other job. Yeah. To every other person, you know, the, and so it's, it's inspiring and motivating and, and I love it. And I love the challenge of the work too. But I mean, but basically, you know, to, to kind of sum up, you would be the, the point that you're at right now, if, if a, if a good job came about, like that was, like you said, consistent and you had the ability to do it, like you said, moving your family, you would take it. But if nothing like that ever does come up, you are perfectly content with the family and the life that you have. And the, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess with the family, yes. Uh, with the life that I have, I don't know. I don't know that I'm content. I don't, I don't want to do, I don't want to <laughs> do concrete for the rest of my life. <laughs> I don't know if anybody can do concrete. Like I think you can only only do it up to a certain point before yeah. your body just doesn't allow you to do it anymore. Yeah. I don't, um, but you know, I mean, I guess, yeah, it has been very enjoyable um, being being here with my family for sure. That that part of it, I I wouldn't trade that for anything. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I I like, it's hard to to get a taste of the excitement of production and the challenges that are presented. You know, whether it be with your character or whatever. I guess that would be the challenges that are enjoyable. I guess, but. Um, it's hard to it's hard to experience that and then just say yeah I'm ne- no I don't I don't need to ever do that yeah I think I always wanted to do it, you know but well I mean I I that that whole idea that whole thing I mentioned about there about maybe Netflix and Rockstar getting together to do an animated series of Red Dead uh, that was kind of a backdoor pitch that if Rockstar is listening I kind of want that to happen uh, and the beauty of that is is you can set up a nice recording studio in your home and you don't even have to move. You can do it right from there in Indiana. So it's like we get we get John, we get John back. We we keep Rob in that dream of working. We get more Red Dead and everybody's happy. Oh, that would be awesome, man. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, yeah, I really would. I would love that. I would do that in a second. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like it's the best of all worlds coming together right there. You still get to travel and do conventions. You're home with the family. We get more. You get more. Everybody's happy. It's just. <laughs> Let's just put this in Rockstar's mailbox as soon as we're done. And we'll, we'll get this working. I'll get a production credit and I'll be happy. All right, man. Right on. Yep. I love it. <laughs> um, you know, speaking of, you know, going back to like the, the convention life and everything and, and such, you've been doing them for a number of years now. When you when you travel, like it, you get to travel a lot with these conventions. Like we mentioned, you're going to Lithuania with Rob or with Roger to do a show, which I didn't even know that was coming. And when you told me that I was kind of like, wow, like I didn't know there were conventions in Lithuania. Um, You know, so when you get to travel to all these different places, are you the kind of guy that when you get there, you like to go out, you like to see what the city has, or are you kind of like, I'm just going to chill and decompress after doing, after being on the floor for a number of hours. Like how are you when it comes to, traveling for these shows it's um uh, i guess it's kind of it kind of depends honestly and it's uh there so so the people that 
there's a there's a uh, booking agent that I have. His name is Jeff Zanini, celebrity talent booking. I know Jeff Zanini. He, yeah, he's got so many great mm-hmm. clients, and so he travels all over the world with shows, and he knows so much about all these places that we go. He's got his favorite restaurant in every city, and he likes to take us and and you know show us what he knows. And I do love. We call it family dinner. On, on Saturday nights, usually we'll go to a place that the people that have been there before have said, yes, this is the place that you want to eat in this area and this whatever. And so I really enjoy that. We get to hang out and, uh, and enjoy a great meal, usually, whatever the case may be, and see cool stuff, whatever that the city has to offer. But um, the majority of the time at these conventions, you don't want to go out and get real crazy. I mean, Roger and I definitely, we want to do that. And the first couple <laughs> conventions we we had, we would show up on Thursday night and we would hang out and enjoy a night together as friends. And then Friday morning, the very first day of the convention, we'd wake up and think, whoo, you know, <laughs> And we, we learned, you know, it takes it takes a lot of energy and uh, we want to be respectful and give back to the people that are giving so much to us. And so we don't want to be exhausted and hungover or whatever, you know. So we kind of take it easy, honestly. And yeah. uh, there have been some cool like so we went to um, Birmingham in England. And then the following weekend, we were in. um I can't remember the name. It was Wales Comic Con, but it was at, it was in Telford, which is in England and not in which. So, so um, but because we traveled all the way over there and it, these were a week apart, we stayed instead of flying back home and then flying back over there again. We stayed in uh, this area called the Brecon Beacons, which is in Wales, and it was Roger uh, Peter Blumquist who plays Michael Bell. <laughs> And it was Jeff Zanini and another guy named Ian who, who works with Jeff. Yep, I, don't, I know Ian as well. Yep. Yeah, I can't think of his last name, but really cool guy. The, the five of us got a cabin way out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and hung out. There was nothing out there but sheep. And <laughs> we were just like, what in the world? We, we traveled into um, whatever city. I think it was Cardiff. Uh, we went to a we call it soccer, but a football match. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Did I lose you again? No, no, I'm still here. Okay. Sorry. My computer is doing weird things. Um, but we had a great, great experience and uh, saw some really, really cool things in England. And uh, so, you know, if we have the time, of course, it's great to see all these cool places that we go to. But um, in a lot of cases, like in Philly, I think I, I saw, um, you know, what was immediately around the outside of our hotel and then went out to dinner one night, but saw the inside of the convention center and the inside of my hotel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully you're, hopefully you're in Philly again, since that's where I'm from. And, you know, I I know if if fan expo brings you back in or another show brings you back in and I'm there, uh, I'll, I'll take you, I'll take you to some places. Awesome. While you're there. Um, yeah, because I know I, as far as Fan Expo goes, I know you mentioned, you know, you had you you do other shows outside of Fan Expo, but I know you and Roger are going to be in Denver. 
Uh, I don't know when I'm going to be. The only fan expo show I know I'm going to be at next is Boston, which is August. Um, I don't know if you and Roger are going to be there uh, as of yet. Um, Again, it's still a couple months away, but I'm sure it's not the last time I'm going to see you at a show. Right. Especially with me working with uh, with Fan Expo a little bit more. When you when you go to these shows, I don't, I'm I'm not going to take up too much more of your time. But when when you go to these shows, do you ever look at the guest list? And is there ever people that like you get excited to see are going to be a guest at these shows with you? Yes, I do every time. <laughs> every time I do, and I and I think, oh, oh my goodness, this is so cool. Well, so, and this is what's really cool about it, too. We go into this area, when we're not on the floor, we go in this area called the green room, mm-hmm. which has just a regular table, and that's where we eat and, uh, you know, just relax, hang out. And it would be a great time to introduce myself to all of these famous people that I would love to meet, but then realize, I don't know, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> I'm doing that. I can't stand it. I want to tell you. So my wife and I, and this has gone on for years now, we go to bed and we turn on the office and we just put it on and put on sleep timer. And it's like our, it's our comfort show. And it's like a sound machine, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's just, you don't have to, every now and then I'll hear her giggle at something. And I think, I know we've seen this 10 times, but it's still fun, whatever. But so I've been at several shows where people from the office have been there and I've wanted so many times to say, I'm probably your biggest fan. <laughs> I promise you, I love your show. I love it. Love it. But I think I can't do it. Well, so finally in Philadelphia, I was walking around. There was, it was a Sunday. It was kind of winding down. The whole convention was kind of winding down at that point. And I went out to just walk the convention floor because I hadn't actually seen it. I'd only seen what I could see from my table. And as I was walking back around to get back to my table, I noticed that there was, uh, and now I can't, now I can't Kate, think of her. Kate Flannery. I know exactly who you're talking about. Exactly. Right. Thank God you saved me. I moderated Kate's panel that weekend in Philly. Oh, I'm sure it was awesome. And see, had I known this already, I would have made the introduction between the two of you before the random circumstance of it happening. Well, it was one of those things where honestly, I did. I don't know that I would have had the guts to walk over to her table even then. But we like, I there was so few people there. There were so few people there at that point. I kind of walking and just wandering and looking like, oh, that person's here. I didn't even see that. I didn't see that person. Whatever you know. But and then I was walking by and I I saw her table and and she was there with her handler and she said pretty busy for you too huh like some kind of a comment to me and i thought oh no. <laughs> so, i said oh whatever this is i guess it's you know sundays but i got to, i got a chance to talk with her and uh i did not tell her that i fall asleep to her show every night <laughs> you should have she would have appreciated kate's the best like oh, she's sweet. from philly so oh wow yeah so she was in she was in her she was in her element because she was home. So I mean she lives in LA now, but she was she's from Philadelphia. Yeah, and I moderated her panel as well. So the moment you said, well, in Philly, I was like, Oh, he's gonna talk about Kate, because Kate was the only one from the office that was there. Yeah. And I'm I'm right there with you. I fall asleep to 
they're one of three shows that I fall asleep to every night. And I kind of have a playlist that I just put them all in and I literally just hit shuffle. So whatever episode comes on and it's the office parks and rec and Brooklyn nine, nine <laughs> are the three shows that like literally are playing when I'm falling asleep. And I just fall asleep to those almost every night. So I, I feel you completely when you say like the office is your, like your dream machine. Yeah. Cause, Cause I get it. I totally get it. It's so, uh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's totally fine. Um, has, has your wife ever come with you to shows before just to kind of see what you experience all the time? She hasn't. And I think, um, uh, I don't know. She kind of grew up her parents. Okay. So her mom and dad are divorced, but they both got remarried. And so that when she was very young and so mm -hmm. she kind of had, two moms and two dads, right? I mean, she knew which ones were the biological, but the others were very, very involved and very much part of her life. So like her, her stepdad, he's, he's been in movies his entire life. He's a, a DP and like his resume is outstanding. He's, he's worked all over the world with, he was the cameraman from Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, wow. All kinds of, I just, he's so well, involved and successful in the industry that for her it's kind of like it's kind of normal you know what i mean mm -hmm. like she knows that i've had some success but she knows what success actually looks like <laughs> because she grew up <laughs> and, and her dad um he was in he still is in advertising and worked with video game companies a lot so she knew a lot about this world that she actually taught me you know Mm -hmm. um, now, like with the convention stuff, I don't know that she's, I don't know that she's actually been to a comic con, but she's like, well, so what am I going to do there? Am I just going to stand there and, and what? I'm like, I don't, whatever you want to do. I don't know. Come, if you don't want to come, don't come. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, I, I, I don't know. I guess I've, I've always considered it kind of, uh, like. I've been invited there as a guest. I have a responsibility to be at my table. I can't just run off with you and go check things out. I'm there for a reason. It's kind mm -hmm. of, it's not a job. You could never call it a job, but I, I have responsibilities. And so I think she's kind of always looked at it as, you know, she did say, if I ever go to London, she's going because she wants to go to London. She doesn't want to go because I'm going. Oh, well she, yeah. I mean, she could travel with you and just go sightseeing while you're doing the show. Yeah. She's in love with London and she's never been there. I don't know what she loves about it so much. She does, but <laughs> so whatever I, if I go to London, she'll be there somewhere in London, not with me. <laughs> she just wants to go to Nelly. She just wants to go to London because she wants to see where Nelly Bertram from the office comes from. That's maybe that's what it is. Yeah. That must be what it is. <laughs> um, Rob, you've been so generous with your time. I, I don't want to take up too much more of it. What is, if anything, what does the future hold for you right now? Anything immediate, like as far as like appear, like con appearances or anything like that you can let people know about? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Okay. So Lithuania, I don't know when this, I don't know when this actually, this podcast airs when, or webcast. When it, 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 within, within a couple of days of us, of us recording it. So if it, it okay. uh, it'll be up before that comic-con in lithuania because you said that's next weekend right yeah yeah it'll be up before then all right so yeah looking forward to lithuania that's going to be awesome uh roger and i will both be there from i guess it's the 
I think it's the 21st and 22nd, Saturday and Sunday. So if you're in the area, please swing by. Uh, then going to be in Orlando. And this is... Are you doing Megacon? No, it's it's the GCX. Okay. It's a it's a fundraiser. And it's for St. Jude Hospital. And oh, wow. It'll be so awesome. And I don't know exactly how it works. Um, as far as like, I don't know if people can buy tickets or, or what the deal is. And I wish that I had, I'm looking for this info on my phone right now because it was sent to me and I haven't, I haven't made a post about that yet because I still haven't made a post about Lithuania. <laughs> <laughs> You're still waiting but, on Roger. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, so, so that's coming up. I'm really excited about that. And then I'll be in Denver when, whenever Denver is. Um, I'm going to be somewhere in September. Oh, Dragon Con in Atlanta. Right down in Atlanta. Okay. I'll be there in September for five days or something crazy. I'm really have, excited about that. Have you done Dragon Con before? No. I've never done it. From from what I understand from people who have either been there or worked there, Dragon Con is just five days nonstop. Like it goes into the middle of the night into well into the morning because it happens. I think it's a hotel convention. Like it happens at a hotel. So, and the hotel never closes. Right. And everybody's staying in the hotel. So the party just never stops during Dragon Con. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm really excited about that. That's awesome. And then uh, going to Scotland, going to Scotland in nice. November, I think. So, yeah. And we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes things pop up. And so there may be more things going on. But um, that's, I'm, I'm going to be pretty busy in the next few months here traveling. So that's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And hopefully, yeah, we can uh, reconnect at one of these somewhere. Well, I'm, sure, I'm sure it'll happen again. I've, I have no doubts it'll happen in the future. Uh, how can people follow you? What What's your Instagram handle? Because I want to encourage people to follow you on Instagram as well. Because one of my favorite things, one of the things I absolutely love about your Instagram is you are always posting fan art and cosplay and everything. I mean, and that alone just speaks volumes about how much you love your fans. So, man, well, thank you. Yeah, I, I do. I do love it. I love it. Just it's just the set. You know, somebody spent time doing that and had the courage to share it. And I love that. I think that's awesome. I wish more people had courage to share their talents. And I'm not saying that you have to, but mm. uh, there are a lot of really talented people out there who aren't aware. They're not aware how happy they could make people or how much they could inspire someone because they're not willing to share their work for whatever reason. But so the people that do, I, of course, I want to share it. I want as many people to see it as possible because I think it's awesome. Yeah. But um, Instagram, it's just, it's Rob underscore we don't. And there's, it's got that little blue thing by it. Um, you got the so blue you know, check. You're certified. Yeah. And then <laughs> that's really, that's really kind of all I do as far as social media goes. I have a Twitter, but I never, I don't do it. <laughs> I'm the same way. I have a Twitter and I'll use it. I don't know. I mean, I have Facebook, but I don't use it. I don't, I don't. <laughs> um, so I think Instagram's enough. And now there's like the reels on Instagram, right? These little mm. short, and so I'll go on there and I'll try and just keep up with my friends, the people that I actually know on Instagram and I'll, I'll click on a video and then I go for an hour. I'm watching random videos and I think, yeah. oh, like, 
I don't know any of these people. I don't know what's going on. I've watched this video 10 times, I think. I'm still here watching it. So Yeah, I do that too. I know there was one story that you posted. I think it was either like a week ago or two weeks ago. I can't even remember. Did you you posted a story about something about like the color of turtles or something? Oh, what do a plum and a turtle? No, a plum and a rabbit. That's it. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) And I just remember watching that story. I'm like, what? Oh, no. It's what's the difference between a plum and a rabbit? That's what it is. And And then the punchline again. Well, they're both purple. Yeah. The rabbit isn't purple. (laughs) Yes. I just remember watching that story. I was like, what what is he talking about? (laughs) You never know, man. That's never know on a Friday night after I've been cooked in the sun all week and maybe had a couple beers. I don't know what I'm going to say. But that's the best part. And that's why I want to encourage people to go and follow you on Instagram too. So, but Rob, um, again, thank you so much for, for being so gracious with your time, for giving me your contact info so we can set this up, um, for the very nice words you said about how, how great I was with your panel and I'll mail you the check for $50 this week. Um, (laughs) no, and I, I do appreciate it. It does mean a lot. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for, for being so generous with your time and coming on. Well, Ben, thank you, man, for, for having interest in having me on. I really appreciate it. And I meant that. You Honestly, you're good at what you do, man, and you need to know. And so best wishes to you. And just, uh, I, I mean, shoot, you'll, you'll do as much as you want to do. You can. You're capable of it. So enjoy it. No, I appreciate it. Um, to everybody else out there listening, uh, please make sure you go and follow Rob on Instagram. Check out any appearances that he has. If he's in your area, go and visit him. Go and say hi, because I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you on another episode of Wilhelm Down the Road. Take care. Take care.